When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Oh, and I need a laugh, there's a help in people. With Tom Boss talking to these funny people. He's asking what they find in the town of the stories. Can somebody yell out the name of the show, please? It's my mate, Water Toaster. Oh, it's my mate, Water Toaster. Yeah, yeah, it's my mate, Water Toaster. Oh, oh, Toaster for my love. Welcome to My Mate Bought a Toaster. My guest this week is the fabulous actor uh, Seamus Dever. I would have always put you as a diva, but Dever. How, how, often, do you, how often do you get divaed? Uh, seven out of ten times. Okay. Yeah. So Seamus Dever is here, and I'm really excited to welcome him. But here. not this since is... college, my God. Okay. Well, there was Just a kidding. lot of. Sorry. <laughs> um, and uh, we are sitting in my radio show studio. So we're actually in central London town. Um, really excited that we've got a proper studio. I can see him in the flesh. This is not a remote thing because you might hear the American actor here and think, this guy's surely in LA. He's right in front of me. Um, and right now he's logging into his phone. Should I do his... a British accent so we, we convince him, like, it's he, he's here. He's here the entire time. It's, it's, wow, he's guaranteed to be in the studio. Why wouldn't he be? He's speaking with the accent. I can do that. If it's, what I like about the American British accent, like. I mean, that is obviously a spot on British accent. Oh, thank you. It's thank very you. good. But also, there's an assumption of suavity and smoothness oh, that yes. comes with the British accent. Well, but that's actually, what we, <laughs> the reality is not that. <laughs> that's what we learn in drama school. I'm trying mm. to rough it up a little bit, but we learn posh accents right. first, mm-hmm. first and foremost. And like working on George Bernard Shaw, don't yes. you know? And, and then later we realize not everybody talks like that. That. And do, do you? How often do you get a gig with a big old accent requirement? Um, I play like almost exclusively foreigners these days. It's oh, bizarre. Wow. Yeah. Um, within the last year, I've played uh, German twice, uh, English once, and Russian. So I'm kind of like, um, not that I want to be like master of dialects. Here's my here's my philosophy. About there we the whole go. Thing. The, the, all the the diversity push in America. Um, is fantastic because people are getting opportunities that they've never gotten before. Um, but what happens to those white actors? Well, you know, we're the villains now. Um, and so if you can do accents from foreign people and be kind of shady, um, yes. that, that's probably some nice pivoting you can do as an actor. And so that's kind of what I've done the last few years. Right, so acting-wise, similar, mm-hmm. I would say, this is the thing I got pigeonholed early on in my career. Friendly guy, nice guy. No, you've got a nice Friendly face. Guy, you've nice got a nice face. Yeah. But then when you get the opportunity to take the nice face to nasty people... Oh, well, you can hide joy. behind that. It's sort of, I call it like the Trojan horse. <laughs> you come in there, they, they because I, I played a nice guy on American television for a long time. Sorry, and, and television worldwide, by the way. Of course. Um, Car- this is Castle, right? Castle, okay, yeah. there we go. And, um, well, for American listeners, Castle. Castle. Okay. For American listeners out there, we called it Castle. <laughs> um, and so I well, For chess fans, of, Rook. Sorry, <laughs> And and I played um, I played a, a good guy for such a, a long 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 time, yeah. and um, and so I use that as sort of this thing where it's like well we expect him to be the nice guy and then when I you know murder somebody 
um, or I'm, I'm devious in some sort of way. They go, we didn't expect that at all. Good. So it's it's a bit of a Trojan horse. It's yeah, kind of love fun. That. And it's fun to play as well because you can, you, you're toying with the audience expectations. You're not delivering what they expect. And when you also, presumably, when you do the same character for years and years and years, there must be times when you're just like, oh, I'm a bit, you know, you can phone it in after a little while, can't you? Well, you know, I would love to say that that's something that I agree with mm-hmm. um, as a philosophy. But yes, you can get away with, hold on, let me, let me, let me phrase that. Let me, let me catch that in a way. You, you can neutralize yourself oh, very that's easily. such a good euphemism. I like that. I mean, it's being lazy is what it is, being but, lazy, I, but I don't agree with it. But of course, I, you could, I, yeah, I don't mean, it's I'm a, not, you wouldn't do it on purpose. But no, you find it's a poison. It's a poison. And people get it like, whatever, I just barely memorized my lines, man. I was in my trailer just now learning it. And, right. and you kind of go, or like, yeah, I'm not even off book, man. Let's just, uh, do you mind running the lines with me a couple times? I, yeah, I do, actually. Yeah, yeah, I absolutely do. I know exactly what yes, you mean. I like, know no, that time. No, I know what you're doing. You're using me. <laughs> so, True. So if you're an actor out there and someone's says to you, hey man, uh, do you mind running through these lines? And you're like, wow, this is amazing. The lead of the show wants mm. to run lines with me. It's because he or she is not off book yet. Yes. <clears throat> this, is and, this is becoming the actor's and, studio. And I you like also this. say yes to that, by the way. So this is the past three months. Hit me. They're going to be some of the most boring things you've okay. ever seen. Well, we're looking at the past three months here of uh, Seamus Devers' Amazon. Can, do you mind if I go for a little Scroll. stroll? Yes. Well, because what, what you can do, right, what you can do with your Amazon account, right, is I look on your, I'm looking on your phone. And this is quite fun, actually, to to look on someone else's phone. Um, My is, phone is an open book. Yeah, okay. So what I can do is filter by date. Ooh. Ooh. And what I'm now going to do... Oh, you're going to go to the oldest stuff. <laughs> uh, I'm going back to okay. two. What, what was the first year, you think, by the way? God, the first year we started ordering on the Megalith. And by the way, I'm very cautious about the way I refer about Amazon because I work for them occasionally, so I'm mm-hmm. going to be very kind. Um, for the Megalith, Amazon, um, maybe 2007. Two. Oh my God! Actually, two thousand and one, but you didn't buy anything, so that sometimes happens. We've oh seen this God. before on the show. So two thousand and two, we're going back to the Seamus Dever of two thousand and two, and the first thing you bought was the Four Agreements. Oh, a book. My wife bought that. I'm sure. Yes. Okay, okay. Self help book. Do you know it? No, tell me more about the Four Agreements. It's please. sitting on my shelf. I'll I'll get back to you in a couple of months <laughs> when it's like this. So literally when you said, on my bench do you know shelf. about it? That wasn't rhetorical. Do you, do you know about it? Because I don't. <laughs> uh, it's. I think it's. Actually, I don't even. I can't even hazard a guess what Fine. it might be, so I won't. But we're going back to 2002. Give us a bit of uh, Seamus background. What's happening to you in 2002? In 2002, please? I'm living in an apartment in Hollywood that I would live in until the year 2010, uh, which had a, a great view of the Hollywood sign and a lot of junkies in my brick building that you probably shouldn't live in a brick building if you live in Los Angeles. Oh, why? A seismic earthquake. My God, it's a oh. death trap. So, And it's right near the Hollywood Fault, too. Didn't know that what? either at the, in 2002. Is it full of Brits who have no idea? Just going, well, this is jolly and bricky. This it's is Victorian. Yes, oh, this. reminds me of home. <laughs> I shall die in here. It shall be my sarcophagus. <laughs> um, it, yeah, I'm living in there. It's 2002. I'm an actor. I'm probably struggling still. I uh, was probably doing um, almost... I was doing a play, yes. No, that was a year before I start, I did a play um, called The Clockwork Orange. Uh-huh. And so I was still probably doing theater, and I was doing the Texas Shakespeare Festival at that moment, 2002, where I played Hotspur and Posthumous Leonatus in Cymbeline. Um, and 
that was probably the, I'm only giving that as a highlight because that was probably the highlight of my year. It was Fine. sort of still auditioning for television and trying to get my foot in the door yeah. with TV and doing guest stars on shows like Crossing Jordan and things like that. So yeah. that's Seamus at that point. And working, okay. sorry, working at Samuel French Bookstore in Los Angeles. Okay, so this is Seamus. You still got the side hustle I'm to still, yep. make ends meet. Yep. Um, look, working in a bookstore, that's great. It was great, yeah. Great it, that you're working in a bookstore and buying loads of books on Amazon at the same time. Well, yeah, we didn't carry that book, apparently. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so let's move on through right now, Seamus. Okay. We're going to go to 2003. Okay. And there's a load of stuff here. This is really, really interesting. So you have bought um, Awakening of a Jehovah's Witness. Oh. Jehovah's Witnesses, their claims. This yes. is from 2003. Tell me more. Um, again, we're on my wife's stuff. It's okay. uh, She's dominating this whole conversation. I, when is it going to get to us, Tom? Yeah, I don't know. I, I don't know. Um, I don't know. She grew up as a Jehovah's Witness. Um, yes. Yes. She was a Jehovah's Witness. And she left the uh, cult. I'm going to call it a cult. Okay. Previous, about a year before I met her. And so we've gone through a big transition process of me, you know, telling her that just because I'm an atheist doesn't mean I'm going to hell. That doesn't really exist in the afterlife and all these other things. So there's been some cult deprogramming that's been going on, casual cult deprogramming. Mm-hmm. We don't wear uniforms <laughs> or or anything like that. Um, and and so that was sort of her getting her awareness that there are other people who have left too. Yes. Um, that and, must be a tremendous comfort for people who've, had, who've left those things that you get a lot with uh, Scientology as well, mm-hmm. which you must see plenty of in, in Hollywood. Words. That's obviously huge in Hollywood, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Uh, but, yes. but finding other people who have also left the comforts um, in that, much like hanging out with other people who vape. You know, you could all compare <laughs> notes on smoking. So I'm so glad it's we're true. out of the smoking ring now. Through the, actually, through that process, she met, uh, um, do you know the playwright uh, Phyllis Nage? I don't. No. She was big here, I think, for a brief time during the, that 90s period of, okay. of theater out here. Anyway, so she was, she's a former Jehovah's Witness as well. So like through this, like meeting all these people, and this is prior to like Facebook groups and anything, so I don't even know how she met these people, but all these people talking about leaving uh, Jehovah's Witnesses and, yeah. and that, that, that process. And did she grow up a Jehovah's Witness? She that was did. her whole life. She was essentially born into it. Her parents have also now left too. So wow, it's okay. it's been sort of a good process with all of them realizing that it was all a lie. Okay, so, okay. Yeah. Uh, you also bought A Mighty Wind. Here we are. This is December 2003. Good movie. Christmas present. Yes, yes. yes. I think it was to my parents maybe. Yeah, there you go. This is, uh, it, well, actually it was delivered to Julie it says here. That, but that's your... It's my wife, yeah. Okay. Uh, yeah, A Mighty Wind. Uh, the fabulous uh, film from the director of course of Best in Show and Waiting mm-hmm. uh, for Guffman. It's all those guys, right? It's those yeah. improvisers. Those it's guys who... group. They led the way for yeah. all that stuff. Jane Lynch, she was in that. Yes. That was the first time I think I saw Jane Lynch in anything. Um, and then, like a year later, she, I met her at. She came to my play, A Clockwork Orange, and she I found out she lives in my neighborhood. I keep running into Jane Lynch in my life, and, <laughs> and it's one of these weird things. And she and I, I'm, I introduce myself, and then she's like, "Oh, Seamus, yeah." <laughs> it's very funny. Um, she's into dogs too, and everything. So we we work with some of the same dog charities. Okay, okay, nice. Oh, mm. listen, if we get onto dogs, it's, oh, we yeah? are done for. Okay, good. The hours that's, and hours of this a, podcast in the bin. That's a detour <laughs> down the road. Useless. Yeah. Okay. Um, All right, fine. (laughs) Let's plow on through now. We're in 2005, Seamus. You're in Hollywood. You still... Any big TV breaks by this stage? Still in theatre? 2005, I had been doing uh, guest stars here and there. Um, I think at that point, I had been doing um, things like... uh, Without a Trace, I did a really good episode of the show Cold Case. Basically, all the Jerry Bruckheimer shows, yeah. I've done them. Um, uh-huh. So I think I was on already maybe CSI, Original Flavor, 
um, by that time, I think. It was right to, prior to getting married. My wife and I got married in 2006. So uh, okay. If I'm okay. putting the timeline of my life correct, yeah. yeah, yeah. So, so some breaks are nothing huge yet. Right. And those yeah. CSI shows, I mean, the, to act in those things, because they are not... Formulaic is an unpleasant word to use. That sounds Why? derogatory. But, you know... <laughs> that's true, though. It's formulaic, right? There's but a format. There's a format. Thank you. Format yes. is a nicer word. But Formatic. Yeah. When you're doing that and you know you're slotting in, you're a cog slotting into a larger plot, right. you've still got to make it interesting and exciting and you've still got to make yourself, and you managed to do this because, of course, the success that then came in Castle, you've yeah. still got to make yourself stand out so you pop on screen so you don't slip into the background. Well, Tricks, please. You know, it, uh, the thing is, with, with all this sort of idea, you have to take this dialogue that's very expositional. That's what I mean. Yes, exactly. And yes. you have to find a way to give it some perspective because a lot of times it's not written anything other than, we call it laying pipe. Um, which it sounds sexual, it's not. So, so laying the pipe of the show, yeah. right, or or the story, and and you have to find a perspective. How do I feel about this information that this person I'm talking about? It's very easy to just get away with. I'm going to come in here, and, and they call it park and bark. I'm just going to stand here and talk. I'm giving you all these Hollywood park phrases. Park and bark, guys. You writing these down? These are amazing. You stand there and talk, and it's very easy to get away with just being neutral and just saying the lines as fast as you can, getting them out and everything. I think we should run down these phones and financials and find out was like, yeah, this guy's not telling us the truth. Yeah, I think there's. And everyone sounds like the same. So how do I feel about this? How do I feel about this information? And, you know, it's a little exhausting uh, (laughs) making decisions about feeling certain ways about things that you are not part of. Right. This is not lyrical um, drama. This is something that's like you're an exterior person telling a story. But finding some personality to contribute that. I'm I'm very good at that. And I, I got very good at that. I'm very good at exposition. That's not a compliment. (laughs) <laughs> that, just means, no, anyone... that just means you're always going to get that exposition because you do it well. For instance, are you familiar with the show Criminal Minds? Of course, yeah. So, so they have a rule... I used to do continuity before Criminal Minds on the oh, really? station here. Did Coming you? up next on Virgin One, Criminal Minds. Oh, okay. There you go. They, that show... Those characters are so interchangeable. And I have lots of friends on that show, by the way. So, um, and Good, I, I mean, we're coming back or something. The, the caveat I've the got ca- lots of friends <laughs> who are on that show. <laughs> Strapping guys. And that's why I can tell you this. <laughs> if you are late to rehearsal on that, they call rehearsal and you're like five and everyone's waiting on you and you're in, in your trailer, like not coming out for whatever it is. Sure. Um, those big scenes where they're putting everything together where there's seven people, yeah. they will cut you and give your, <sighs> and disperse your lines to someone else. Hi. And when I hear that, that leads me to believe that those lines can be said by anyone in the room. If right. they are that interchangeable, if you are like, you're like Henry Ford's assembly line, yes. you're just interchangeable parts of these things. That means that that can be said by anyone. Oh so you're kind of like, all right, that being said, you have to put personality on top. Of, and they were very good about that. Mm. You know, but that's what sort of it is, is this pipe that's being laid. Your little section, plunk, there it is, screw it in. Get your spanners. But take ownership. I love that like that? Bring your spanners. Very nice. Bring your spanners to set. That's what I'm saying, Tom. When life gives you pipe, you bring spanners. Oh my God, I love it so much. A lot of spanner talk. I um, hope actors listening to this are learning, because I am. But I don't also, know. take your pipe to set. It's like, you know, it's your bit of pipe and love your bit of pipe. Sign the corner of your bit of pipe. That's what you've got do to do, that guys. For, for the generations to come. Yeah, if you're laying pipe today, make sure you sign it. Not a great uh, analogy, because we use a phrase in this country called laying cable, which means going for a shit. So, uh, don't get those confused. Okay, thanks. Find us on Twitter and Instagram. So, here we go. Look, 2005, Seamus, we have got a four-ounce... Um 
Oh, feeding bottle, a three pack of feeding bottles, four ounce feeding bottles. Feeding bottles. What were we doing now? What, what year is this? 2005. 2005. This could either be feeding a child or for feeding a tiny animal. It might be a tiny animal that wasn't <gasps> eating at the time, perhaps. Oh. It might have been one of our dogs, one of our first dogs. That's, oh. Yeah, go on. Maybe. Well, we yeah, we have dogs that have, that have since passed away. This is how old I am, that dogs keep coming in and out of my life, cycling and breaking my heart every time. And yeah, this was probably one of those circumstances. We adopted, our first dog was uh, like a 10-year-old rescue senior dog. Oh. And so we had him for, I think, maybe three years. Oh. Um, so this might have been for George, um, sweet old George. So. Oh. I feel like I should play a song. This one's for George. George. Can I? Can I? I'm going to show you my phone, Seamus. Please ignore, do. Ignore, oh, we're going down to the dog detour. Ignore the hu- ignore the humans. Ignore the humans. Look oh at that. my gosh! Look at that beard. So she again, what you said to take it in a sad direction. She passed away oh. two months ago. Oh my god! And it Sorry. is horrendous. Yeah, yeah, because they're part of your family, you know, and you, and they look at you, and they 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 don't they want nothing but to be close to you and be part of you. Which is the opposite of my actual family, right? <laughs> they, my, they want to push you the hell away. Yeah, my kids are like, dogs. unless you're a screen, get away from me, whereas my dog was always <laughs> like, I love how bad you smell. Um, so this is amazing. Tell us about the dog rescue stuff. I love this. Uh, I, I, let's see. I, there's a bunch of different charities um, that we used to work with more actively than we do now. But um, Stray Rescue of St. Louis, this wonderful group founded by this guy named Randy Grimm, and they became the first... Uh, city in the United States that was kill-free. Um, okay. And this, that's a big goal of a, a lot of different rescue organizations. Stop putting them down. Stop putting them down. Yeah, not, not euthanizing for capacity. That's the whole thing is like when the, when the, when the shelters are, are, are overbooked, they, mm. they start euthanizing dogs and ones that are unadoptable. So going to a model um, like, like Best Friends, uh, which is another organization out in Utah and then Los Angeles, they had an initiative called No Kill LA. Okay. Um, and sort of showing... These, these shelters, how to operate like a business. For instance, someone shows up to your, your front door, someone should greet you, friendly. It should not feel like you're going to a dog prison. You know, right. it should feel like you're going to a place to adopt. So it should, there should be rooms. It should be comfortable. Yes. There, you should be able to see the cats, play with them, and 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 pet the dogs, and spend some time with your family, and see how they interact with your kids. Yeah. And and you know, most of these city shelters run by municipal services. They don't do that. Of very course, well. of so course. This is a very American using the power of business to try yeah. and do good. But Make why not? It, why not? Make mm. it feel friendly. Make it feel yeah. a place that you don't dread going to because it's going to be full of sadness. Yeah. You know, um, and so that like a lot of these initiatives have done that. Uh, Stray Rescue of St. Louis, as I said, um, and Best Friends uh, Animal Society, and uh, a couple other ones like Farm um, uh, Farm Sanctuary. We work with them. They rescue farm animals as well. Yeah, and uh, yeah. so, so yeah, yeah. Animal so, charities. There's a ton of them. I know. <laughs> I wish well, of I had course, more time, of yeah. course. And and you know, it's um, it's one of those things that. You just as soon as you find yourself in any kind of position of profile, mm. it's like I just I really want to help the yeah, dogs. Really, uh, let me. What have I got to do? Do you have uh, dogs growing up? Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. My parents were always bringing dogs in. They were like the first person. A dog would run by and without a collar, and they'd grab it and bring it in. And oh, that was kind amazing. of just sort of the ethos I grew up with. That yeah. it's like if 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 there's a stray dog, bring them in, take care of them, give them food, and then see if you can find the owner. And then if you can't 
Find an, find an owner and adopt them out. They and did it with so many cats and dogs coming through our house. And yeah. if it's a really nice dog, don't try too hard to find yeah. the owner. Well, that's anyone, a, anyone? Sometimes nah. they would stick around for a long time and yeah. that would be just, they'd be part of the family oh, at that. Amazing. Over and over that story. God, yeah. your life is steeped in dogs. This is brilliant. Dogs. It's <laughs> the most important thing in the world. Um, all right, look, we're moving through to 2006 now. Oh, here we go. You've got a British export here, December the 13th. You've brought Knowing Me and Knowing You with Alan Partridge. Oh, yes. So, absolutely, in like the most vital vital bit of British comedy in the last 20 years. That's I, I've had lots of Alan Partridge conversations. Um, a friend of mine named Giles, I uh, just did a movie with him. Uh, Giles Matthews, if, if you're out there, <laughs> uh, dial in. No, um, he, uh, yeah, and, and just so many, like he kind of, my experience was up to a certain point with 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 Alan Partridge, um, and and then beyond that, he was like, "Oh, this is all the other stuff he's been doing." I was like, mm-hmm. "Oh, I had no idea that this thing's been going further." So yeah. yeah, just hilarious stuff. And back in the day, that's the only way to get these things in America. Of course, of course, you have to send away from them on a DVD, and then you watch it a thousand times and lend it out, and it gets lost. But. Yeah, yeah, and we're very happy to send it to you as well. It's what we, you know, it's 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 our I'd arguably our best cultural export. Please I would suggest. take, Partridge. please take exactly. all of our entertainment. Have it, have it. Um, okay, good. Elsewhere in 2006, we've got some travel stuff going on here. We've got a Greek phrase book and a mm, Turkish yes. phrase book. This, this is honeymoon time. This <gasps> is honeymoon preparation. This is going to Santorini, Athens. Um, where else? Obviously, Istanbul. But um, I, So I had done a play that was about... Um, uh, the the hotel called the Parapalas okay. uh, in Istanbul, and um, and and so I forced my wife to stay at the, the Parapalas <laughs> as research in Istanbul. They built they built the the hotel for the Orient Express, and Agatha Christie wrote Murder on the Orient Express in the hotel, wow. and uh, um, uh, Ataturk had a, a suite there, and Greta Garbo was you know, stayed a long period of time there, and all these famous people had come through this hotel. The hotel's a little bit, as you might um, imagine, a little bit threadbare in places. Shabby, shabby chic. Shabby chic, mm-hmm. and, uh, and needed an infusion of cash. And so Did you discover time, this when you arrived on your honeymoon? Yes, okay. yes. Right. The beds, the beds <laughs> were a bit old, maybe a couple decades old, and very hard, not very comfortable, and, uh, but, you know, great views and a wonderful breakfast. Yeah. And a <laughs> great location, that's well, the part. that's what you're really after. Yeah. So you, that's quite an adventurous holiday to go on then, over to, to Turkey is. and Greece and all those yeah, sorts of things. Yeah, I mean, Santorini was probably the best part, the highlight of anything. I mean, Mm-hmm. Um, uh, obviously, a lot of people go there for their honeymoon, but um, it's it is one of the most beautiful places on earth, and uh, I can give you good recommendations about okay, where good. to stay. Okay, in uh, like Ia and places like that mm. in uh, in the northern tip of the island. Oh, really? Yeah, stay out of Fira or Fira Stefania. Um, so you quite you quite travelly then. You like your travel. We like to travel, my mm. wife and I. We have for a long time, and uh, now we spend a lot of time in Europe. Uh, we bought a house in Portugal. Right. And so we're kind of fixing that up, maybe doing some short-term rental. We bought in the little town of Sintra, okay. um, which is about a half an hour outside of Lisbon. Why Portugal? <clears throat> Just um, so- they have a golden visa program um, that you invest in their country buying property to a certain level, and they okay. will give you a visa, and after five years, you can have your passport. Oh, a nice EU passport. Yes. I can get back in the fast lane at passport you control. Can. You might want to uh, look into this program. Uh, it's fun. I've got an Irish grandfather. <laughs> oh, see, so see, that's the loophole. All of a sudden, all my family <laughs> like, we're so Irish. Never been. Oh, my. You know, it's crazy. What's the purchase history of this jokester? Stay tuned for my Bought a 
This Mother's Day, celebrate the extraordinary women in your life with a heartfelt gift from Blue Nile. Whether it's for your mom, a mother figure, or yourself as a mom, find that perfect piece to express your love and appreciation. Explore Blue Nile's exquisite pearls and mesmerizing gemstones that she's sure to love. Enjoy fast shipping options like guaranteed free shipping and returns. Make this Mother's Day unforgettable with a piece from Blue Nile. Right now, get up to 50% off at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. All right, good. Look, 2011, National Geographic Kids Ultimate, uh, what is it, dinosaur book. Oh, nephews. Yeah, yeah now we're talking about nephew gifts and trying to introduce paleontology into their lives. Yes. Um, and all they want to do is uh, uh, collect sneakers. So that was a success. The power of the dinosaur to mm. bewilder and terrify and blow the mind of a child. I think we had just seen those Jurassic Park movies and I'm, yeah, mm. anyway, I'm... Not a, not a, yeah, not a fan. They're meant for families. That's how I went children. quiet then, guys. I'm just trying mm, to let him dig Jurassic his own. Park. Yeah, the new better. one is an absolute dog. Jeff, Jeff Goldblum was literally sat in this chair Has like he? two weeks ago. He came in to talk on the show, and we. I bet he's fun in it though. Oh, he's gorgeous. Yeah, he's glorious. So. But he did the interview, and my co-presenter, as soon as the interview had finished playing out on air, she just went, "The film's crap." <laughs> That was off air, guys. <laughs> and, uh, uh, I bet it'll make a ton of money and a lot of smiles across the faces yeah, of the children of the world, Tom. And in the end, isn't that what entertainment's about? Well, we, that's why we're money doing the podcast. and children smiling. <laughs> All I want is a kid's smile. I don't care if it's wind. I'll still take it. I just wanted to see their beautiful teeth. Hey, talking, <laughs> of, uh, talking of beautiful teeth, Yeah. Uh, this sort of links in. <laughs> Nice really. segue, Tom. Yeah, yeah, wow. Well, you say it's a nice segue. Sometimes. I've started it. I've started it, but I don't think it finishes. <laughs> uh, premium rapid kitchen onion goggles. I was sort of imagining the yes. grimace of onions. Oh, my teeth are there. Anyway. I've no, we can ask me about it. This was it. Okay, so they used these on the show Castle. Um, yes. And there were onion goggles, and there would be kind of fun things like that. Castle gets a pair of onion goggles, and people are going, What is this onion goggle thing? And then I'm like, you know what? My wife cries a lot when when uh, yeah. when I talk to her in the kitchen, <laughs> and she also happens to be chopping onions. And so, like, why don't I get her some onion goggles as a surprise? So I think it was a Christmas gift, perhaps, um, or something around, maybe a birthday. Tell us sure. a bit. Uh, we've got a bit of Castle business there. Tell us a bit about the show Castle. Massive show. Um, yeah, yeah. We ran eight seasons, 173 episodes. You must be so rich. <laughs> <laughs> oh. um, just to say, in the UK, if you did that, you'd earn about eight grand. So, yeah. So congratulations. And, and it's a buyout. Yeah. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, exactly. They, we, it's the longest I've ever had any job in my life. I was on that show longer than I was in high school and oh. college and graduate school combined. Yeah. Um, and you kind of, you know, I spent the majority of my thirties on that show. So, yeah. you know, the time in between there, my God. Um, but yeah, you know, it was, it was, it started out as a very small show in America. It was a procedural show. Um, they, the, the network that I was on, uh, ABC, they didn't really have very many procedurals. That was sort of, um, the milieu of, 
uh, CBS. I see. Okay. Um, like the Criminal Minds, as I mentioned, CSI, all those ones. So that's all CBS. They were on a different network. So we were on the, the network that was a little bit more of a soap opera network, the Desperate Housewives network. Okay. Right? So, I see. So for them, growing a procedural was important. They didn't have really much like that. Mm. And so we did it in our own way. Um, a lot of procedurals take themselves very seriously. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, we were allowed to have a little bit of fun and really took the cue, I think, from Nathan Fillion, uh, who was our lead, played um, Castle. Yeah. Um, we took the lead that they allowed him to be funny because he's naturally just a very funny human being. Right. Um, and they allowed him to be funny in what he did. And so we kind of followed suit and allowed it. We were, And I found myself on a one-hour drama going, okay, okay, so what's funnier? If I say it like this or if I wait <laughs> and I pause and then I say, I'm like, I can't believe I'm having these conversations. I feel like I'm in high school and I'm I'm trying to like get the, the, the essence of comedy and understand a little bit more because that's what we're doing right. um, like all day long on Castle. You know, that was but, the best part of it. Look how well that's worked for the Marvel universe. Yes. They've no, injected yeah. humor and personality yeah. everywhere and it's this, it's, it's this been this rapid discovery and if you watch any film or TV show before that thing happened they're mm-hmm. crap like um, I was watching early X-Men movies just going oh my god they're, they're taking oh, they take themselves so seriously couldn't work out what it was I didn't like about it I mean and, and you know I, I went to a lot of police con- conventions and police awards shows and every cop that I talked to a lot of them they were into our show yeah. because they said that this is like how we talk to each other at work right you know, we don't take ourselves so seriously like, it's not it's not all like we gotta get this guy Tom <laughs> Tom give me the truth Tom we got to get this guy. He's out on the streets. He'll murder again. You know, it's it's sort of I mean, like we're joking, <laughs> we're joking about lunch. We're joking about, you know, losing weight. We're joking yes. about all these things. And 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 so we were allowed to do that. We were given the free reign to do that kind of thing, to like mm. find our way into the humor of, of these situations and still solve the murder and, and the mystery and all that stuff. And still do all yeah. the jeopardy and all the stuff and all the yeah. tension, but a yeah. little bit of humor. But some so humor, important. it goes, and sometimes it's just a quick throwaway quip. And also it makes people like your show. It, makes it upgrade from a like to a proper yeah. oh, I love that yeah. because they feel like my people um, alright good look we're still in 2015 Seamus okay. uh, we've gone for a nest carbon monoxide alarm there a smoke <laughs> alarm lovely <laughs> yes the original ones only lasted for 7 years and mm-hmm. I have uh, 10 of them um, and so I recently had to replace them they don't say they last only 10 years mm. because there's radioactive it's elements radioactive thing. and they decay yes. in your house so you have radioactive <laughs> things in your house and you don't know that and they're like yeah after a certain while uh, those, those dec- you got to, you got to get rid of them. And the reason I got the nest was because that they didn't do the beeping thing. Oh, like when the when batteries your, run when out, your battery runs out. It just sort of sends you a notification on your phone that oh, I gotta, I gotta do something about that. Yeah, and yeah, I have to yeah. replace the battery. Um, and 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 then when it started to decay and said I need to replace it, the chirp happened. <laughs> the chirp. You must be like over and what? over. The chirp. The chirp. It's yeah. A, just that. And then and then and then the smoke detector would go off in the middle of the night. And always like two in the morning. Was that its way of saying I'm dying? Yes, I'm dying. (sighs) And and I need you to pay attention to me. And this is the worst time for me to do this, but I'm going to do it now. (coughs) (laughs) It's so annoying that all these devices now have different ways of getting in touch with us. So frequently, Seamus, I will get an email from my front doorbell. Yeah. Saying I'm running out of batteries. My watch emails me. My my smartwatch, my my little Fitbit here, sent me an email this morning saying, my battery's pretty low, man. That's you it. should you should put me in. I'm like That's at 18%. <laughs> <laughs> I can't go on much longer like this, man. I, li- I quite like it though. I think <laughs> but not for devices, for things in my life. Like if I could get an email from my marriage department saying, listen, man. 
hey. you've got to recharge that stuff. It's at 15%. <laughs> you know, the time your kids have spent with you, that's only, that's in the low 20s. It would be useful, be but not so much with bloody front doorbells. Um, that's hilarious though, because we got a house done up in 2017 and we got new fire alarms everywhere. And I remember uh-huh. seeing the sticker, November 2023. Yeah. I can still remember that because I was like, you know, that is a million years away. I, like, I should have these rest of my life. I should That's be able right. to give these to my children. Why? Right. What do you mean you expire? Also, the How idea that we are all with smoke alarms, this is a very little known thing. We're all sitting there with radioactive decay. <laughs> yeah, happening. somewhere attached to our wall. Probably watching the Chernobyl box set going, well, that's yeah, awful. Like, that, huh. that hasn't happened well, in 50 years, they go, God, those poor bastards, didn't they know any better? <laughs> <laughs> um, all right, look, what have we got here? There's still lots of DIY stuff going on. Um, we have got, oh, look, here's something I'm about to get into. Right? Oh, my God, you've got the two things I'm about to buy. Brilliant, okay. brilliant, brilliant, brilliant. Ask me. You've gone for a £25 kettlebell mm. and, a, and some dumbbells as well. Yes, we, we work out at home, my wife and I. We, so I'm about to start doing this. I wake up very early. You wake up very early for your show. I, I have an obsession with working out before I get to work because it's not going to happen afterwards. Right. So like okay. a Monday morning, I may, you know, time are you on a typical that, show, I don't know, I'll get up at 3.30, oh. 4 o'clock, and put in an hour and a half oh, in, I'm gonna be sick. in my gym. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> so you can't even go to the gym. They're not even open at four in the morning, but you, oh, you can in your house. Unless you're an absolute lunatic. Well, you get... Don't a, you wake all the dogs up? Aren't they like, no, hey, what are we doing? they get used to it. They get used to it after a while. But yeah, it's it's ungodly early. And, you know, the, the at least with television, the, the, the offsets that happen where you're waking up Monday morning at four o'clock, yeah. you know, and then you're working until eight and all the, the union rules that we have. So but you're going to work at Friday uh, at like, Two or three o'clock in the afternoon, yeah, <laughs> and then working to three or four Doing, in the yes, morning to leave the and, gaps in between. Filming. Yeah, 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 yep. yeah. I filmed yeah. a TV show years ago in LA called Torchwood in two thousand and like eight or nine or whatever. Oh yeah, and Torchwood. That's right. We did that there. Yeah, right, yeah, yeah. yeah that's and right. it was an amazing um, highlight of my career. And hopefully mm. there'll be others. Um, and I uh, was flabbergasted at the hours. I thought America is going to be so heavily unionized. There'll be it. There'll be <laughs> ten hour day tops. Yeah, fourteen hours. Oh, my God. 14 they probably top out at 14 they, it gets it gets the only reason they don't go beyond 14 is cuz it gets really economically punitive yes um, <laughs> yes but they'll go past 12 yeah oh yeah and you go to all 14 the time. you're like oh my god and yeah. you're losing your much something like castle where you're doing that year after year yeah. after year it's a slog it's a slog because we we put in fourteen hour days. That was our average. Uh, a lot of shows are kind of they're they're trying to do an initiative where they stick it to twelve. But I mean, really, honestly, there's so much to cover. You get really ambitious. You're filming a one hour movie in eight days. Yeah. You know that's what it is. And and so because the quality that, of these hour long shows has just gone through the roof. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. Like you have to. It's like you have to up your game. And 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 sure, we could go back to what we did in the seventies and eighties, and they put in eight hour days. Go watch some of that television, and it's rather unsophisticated. Mm-hmm. They'll stay in a master shot for the mm. entire scene and then cut into like two overs and right. never flip into reverse ever yes. and you're like you got away with this yeah. what was your day like yeah. here I it's think like, it should be one take yeah I think so the whole episode yeah, yeah sure it's like, mm, let's see six o'clock is it cocktail time <laughs> alright I mean, bring them out basically a filmed play isn't it when they do that yeah. isn't it? so this is the detail of, of lots of coverage means you're doing lots and lots of shots so you're doing it you're running a scene like 10 oh, yeah. 15 times getting into the weeds here with the, two or three. Uh, I the, love the, the industry talk we'll stay Mate. in the weeds maybe we got some actors out there Hit us up. Call cool number two. <laughs> um, <laughs> I just but, can't get any rules. But, the, you know, as a result of that, you have to have a, a tremendous amount of patience. And, mm. you know, I didn't get to see my wife very much. I, I got to see my partner on the show, John Huertas, uh, more than I saw my wife. But you your know. wife was on the show. 
Yeah, she'd come on um, a couple episodes every season. She played my wife on the show. So. Yeah. So she would do that, and it was lovely we could do that, and that was nice because I could see her. Yeah. Um, because that must have been good for chemistry and improv and fun. Or I with... think so, yeah. Um, sometimes she was sort of like coming in there, I'm, I'm like, just relax, you know all these people, and let's just have some fun, and That's then it would make it so much easier. Um, you know, because when, when you are a guest star on another show, there's there's a little bit of like, oh my God, well, I, I don't want to say the wrong thing, and I don't want to... Um, I'm a lot better about that now. <laughs> like, I come on there, it's like, I act like I just work there all the time. Totally. I'm I'm not really scared anymore. But I but, am. But back I've, in the day, I was. I've done a lot of day player, and mm. then you turn up, and and it's like there's a whole. You don't know if the lead is going to introduce themselves Man, to you. It's like this. Like, they're, they're like they're, they're an cold. They're an orchestra, and you've rocked up with the wrong instrument. You know, you you're just a, feel like you're oh. a. It's a moving train, and you just hopped on. From, yeah. yeah, yeah, and then you kind of go. Uh, this is the way they do it. Wow, everyone has all the answers. Oh, that's it. We're turning around now. Oh, right. I didn't know. Yeah, it's yeah. so hard. Listen, come back to the kettlebell and the dumbbell. Come on, this is how okay. this started. All right, so you need to give yourself a good workout program. Um, uh, my friends are PT and I'm onto that, so good. Okay, good, because you don't want to get injured. That's the worst thing to do is, right. is to start working out because then you can't do anything at all. So yeah, yeah, yeah. So finding something that has a good mix of things with some weights and maybe some cardio, yes. um, some body weight stuff, well, I highly recommend. So I've done cardio for years and years and years. I've run all the time. My knees are yeah. starting to go a bit. and Me also it, Right. Nah. My knees are like, bye-bye. But I love running. I absolutely yeah. love running. So, so do you go out in the back garden? Do you? How long do you do? 20 minutes, half an hour? Um, I used to be like stupid ridiculous and do like an hour to hour and a half. Are you tired I, for the rest I, of the day when yeah, you've done that? No, it's just a good... Some days I don't have very much to do, so it doesn't matter. <laughs> um, but uh, like I might have to trim the hedge or something. But um, uh, no, I try to keep it less than 45 minutes. I try to. Okay. Um, sometimes it's hard to fit everything in and sometimes I'll like, well, let's do another 20 minutes of yoga on top of that just mm-hmm. to increase flexibility. Mm-hmm. And yes, flexibility. Make sure to find there's a little flexibility component in whatever workout you're doing because you're getting older, so yeah. am I. Yeah. And flexibility gets more important as you get older than strength so, yeah. than building I, muscle. So. I got out of my car this morning and uh, yeah. it's a BMW, it's a low car. Yeah. Ah, thank you. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <sighs> it's issue and I need to jump I need to jump on the yoga I need to do all the things that up until now I've been either too lazy too scared or too embarrassed to do right it's never too late never too late man. um 2016 I don't know what's going on here You're sort of coming across as a spy on your Amazon purchase history now uh Seamus Dever we've got uh, the Seagate backup uh two terabyte portable hard yes. drive there's a lot yeah. of multi multi terabytes a three terabyte I mean you're nearly 10 terabytes bought in a month that's here. a lot of terabytes what on earth are you doing with so many terabytes Seamus what's going on I think we I think our computers crashed um and oh. we like lost everything um and I, that kept happening I'm like okay right let's do a backup and then let's do a backup of the backup <laughs> right okay right, right, right okay, fine, so fine, now fine. we're a little Safety. backup crazy yeah did you just Seamus are you Seamus or Seamus am I calling I'm you Seamus oh, fine, okay. you did it right I thought you, you thought just my name was Seamus no I thought, I thought I just heard you refer to oh, Seamus and I was like I oh, might have said Seamless did I say See, you said seamless. Okay, fine. Maybe I said oh seamless. God. Let's do a... Does it, did I say that? I was like, oh my God, this entire fine, time. I just thought, holy shit, have I been seamusing a seamless? No, no, you've 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 been right. Um, a lot oh of times I'll, I'll I'll get the seamless for a long time and I'll go, all right, let's just stop. Let me correct you. <laughs> this is this is gone <laughs> Two, three too years in. Yeah. Like, <laughs> um, hey, you've got something which we've just bought. I'm interested to know if it's worked for you. Uh, you've bought the air purifier. Oh, yes. Any goods? It's good, yeah. That one, it's good. You have to replace mm. the filter every once in a while, um, and that's not bad. But they're all like proprietary filters, so I feel like you're going to have to get the same one from Amazon yep. for like every six months for 
its lifetime. And and I think those filters might have a bit of a markup on them. I'm and, just feeling oh. there's a pro- I think there's a profit margin there when oh. it's 25 quid. I'm feeling that, yeah. Yeah, I can see that. A bit of plastic and a bit of sort of cardboard in the middle of it. And it is. what are we filtering here? So we've got it for my eldest because he's got mm. terrible, terrible, bless him, hay fever. And it's oh. peak hay fever time at the moment. It is, right? It's I was really sneezing bad. yesterday and I was just like, oh my God, everyone thinks I have COVID, I swear. Do you know why it's so bad here? Why? Because all the trees are male. Oh, Oh. The patriarchy is making you sneeze. Um, Councils bought, back in the 70s, loads and loads of male trees. You can have male or female trees. And so all the trees are trying to mate. Because they produce more flowers? Is that what it is? Well, the, and more, more pollen, pollen is more the, pollen at that point. you know, is the, mm, mm. so it's the stuff. Yeah. So not to put too fine a point on it, the hay fever and That's is, pretty sad. They're just stifled. The entire thing was, where are the female trees? The female this trees. happened in China, too. <laughs> the same thing. There you go. You see? <laughs> Um, They'll never learn. And air quality in LA, that's an issue, right? That's bad. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's better than it used to be, but yeah, it, it, someday we, some days we have some really smoggy days and without any rain to clear everything out. <laughs> just The yeah. smog just like hovers in the air and you're like, oh God, it's really bad. Like you can't even see the mountain that's <sighs> maybe a couple miles away. It's so, so hazy. Yeah, wow. it gets bad there. So, But it is getting better. I'm also going to be positive because there's more electric cars, I guess, right? And, yeah, and, and, and some congestion, but a lot of the electric initiative, yeah, is helping those mm. things as well but, but no public no one uses public transport in LA it's insane or has no. it got better um it's getting better we're the subway is going a lot more places uh they opened the expo line that takes you from downtown to Santa Monica it still doesn't go through my neighborhood in West Hollywood yeah. but that's all starting to change because we're getting the Olympics in 2028 okay so they're actually building a subway through Beverly Hills which I didn't think would ever happen wow but they had, they're digging I mean it's fun Beverly, Beverly Hills. Hills I can't imagine there's anyone who's a bit sort of that's my landy in Beverly Hills, imagine everyone's right. very chilled about you drilling How through your basement. Dare you drill underneath our pristine yeah. whatever they are? My seven pools. What will I? I mean, how yeah. on earth do you even begin to do that? Drill through Beverly Hills? Well, they have the they have the big tunnel machines, the big boring machines. Yeah. Um, to go through, and they have two of them. They have names. They've given names to them. That's adorable. And you can follow where they're going. Oh, that's adorable. It's very smart of, of MTA to do that. It's so clever because even if I'm a landowner, now I'm like, ooh, like, ooh here comes Susie the drill coming underneath. Yeah. Like nearly a block. <laughs> Away now. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah. That's very clever. So, That's very so they're clever. doing that. And they, I mean it's it's a long time coming. It's so stupid um that they that they haven't done it a long time ago. And just yeah. I mean, because I would I would use mass transportation all the time. I, I do here when I'm in London and, and and when I'm in New York, the same thing. And I'm like, oh my God, I have to get in my car for everything. And it's just yeah, yeah. it's a mistake. It yeah. is. Well, that's how they can fix it. That's uh, they did a play with David Hare uh, at, at the bridge. That was kind of the subject matter about um being obsessed with the car. Yeah. Uh, Ray Fines. I watched it the other night. Oh um, really? over there at the Bridge Theater. The yeah. Bridge Theater. And it was about kind of the infrastructure they built into New York and like you dependent on the car to go out to like Long Island and sort of saying like, mm. hey, let's let's be so dependent on the car. And there's a bit of a racist element to it as well because you had to be, you know, sort of of a certain income level to afford a car. Mm. Um, and that excluded some people from the experience, you know. Yeah, the car is cl- the car is forever tied in with, in this country, certainly class and race and mm. all those things, yep. that safe, little safety bubble. Yep. Yep. Keep you away from other people. You know, I still remember now driving into certain areas when I was a kid with my dad who lived in London and he'd put the central locking on as you went and there. Click, pop that on. You'd, you'd hear the doors go down. Why are we doing that, Daddy? Just keeping honest people honest. Tom. Well, that's it. Exactly. That's what we're doing. <laughs> oh my God, Daddy, is that you? Father? Father, are you here? <laughs> Here's an interesting one, Seamus. Mm-hmm. Yes. I don't know how to feel about this. 
January the 22nd, 2020. So this is actually pre-lockdown. Oh, pre-lockdown. You bought yourself a vertical gun hanger and rifle storage. Oh. <laughs> Uh-oh. Now you've found my American mm. secrets in there. There we uh, go. I have a 12-gauge shotgun in my house okay. for protection purchases. Uh, purposes. I did not purchase it myself. It was purchased uh, by my one of my good friends who played my partner on the show Castle, John Huertas, for Christmas. He wanted me to have wow. a, a gun uh, to protect my my new home. I think this was 2011 or something like right. that. Right. So he bought me a 12 gauge. Happy it's Christmas. Got a collapsible stock. Uh, um, okay. I'm quite comfortable with guns. I grew up around guns, and I and I've I have shot it at the firing range, um, just because I I needed to know how it operated. Um, but I wanted a quick way to grab it if if someone broke in in the middle of the night, and so I have a I have a flashlight on the end of the tube. And uh, barrel, as we call it, in the gun business. Um, and uh, and I needed a quick rack for it. So I needed somewhere to grab it off of it. We don't have children or anything, so I don't have to put it in a gun safe. Um, Unless you've got a dog with opposable thumbs. That would be a nightmare. Or, yeah. Dog, one of the dog steps up. If that happens, we're sort of, I think we're all doomed at that point. I'd be, I'd be quite they proud. They drive their own cars. It's like, you did it. You opened the door oh. yourself. Um, and uh, and so I needed a way to grab it off there. And and I have several steps. The safety is on. There's not even, it's mm. not even racked in the chain. So I have it ready to go. And and frankly, what I'm hoping for is if there's ever a problem, I need that sh- sh- the thing noise. to scare the hell out of somebody. You see, is it not That's worth it. just buying an app on your phone that makes the sh- sh- but presumably, as a, as a you know, a good West Coast American, you're all for all the gun control stuff, right? That's gotta, absolutely no. It's ridiculous. No one should own these guns. It's not in the Constitution. I'm sorry, you can say that all you want. It's not in our Constitution. It says well-regulated militia, um, and and I, I guarantee our, our our founding fathers didn't anticipate uh, a gun that can fire a hundred rounds in a, in a minute. They were talking about muskets, and they were talking about the need to have guns in your home in case the British came back. Sorry, no offense. Um, came back into your home, or if something happened in your government and you needed to take over that government if tyranny came back yeah. and and the funny part about that is so tyranny um, comes back to our government um, go ahead try to take over the government see, see how well that goes go mm. ahead go th- there's your second amendment <laughs> no no what are you doing January 6th that was people exercising their second amendment Tom how well did that go you know what I mean? So it's ridiculous. So what are we tied to this this stupid yeah. thing, like getting into the minds of the people from 200 years ago? It's crazy. It's, it's madness. Crazy. Yeah. So I don't think yeah. there's anyone listening to this who's going to disagree with you, to be honest. I but it's always good. nice to preach to the choir. No, I'm all for gun control. They should have, here's the thing, you, it should be regulated by a state uh, organization. That yeah. way the, the government makes money off of it. It should be taxed. Yeah. Um, it should be, you should have a safety course for you it. You can just walk into a shop and buy one. I you, mean, it's I know, insane. it's dumb. You can't do that with a car. Right, it's a car. The car comparison is completely legit. Regulate like a car and, and regulate in a way that like, well, if, if you've spent some time in a hospital or if you've had domestic abuse or if there are reports against you, you have uh, restraining orders against you, you should not be able to buy a gun. I mean, God, that just makes common sense. All right, okay, fine. Let's move on. We've guns. covered some really important ground today, Tom. We have been all over the place, haven't we? <laughs> I've really enjoyed this. This I has been too. so interesting. It's good. Uh, Seamus, look, we're getting towards the end okay. of this episode of My Mate Bought a Toaster. I believe you might be my first... You're my first American. Am I your first American? I popped your American cherry. Mate, 115 episodes in. Some some cherries have been popped. This long to get an American in. (laughs) And there's loads of them. There's loads of them. Pandemic, you know? Pandemic. Um, Oh, look, I was about to try and go and find the most sort of recent thing that you've bought. Again, you've bought some uh, storage, 64 gigabytes of storage. You bought a gimbal. And then we've got the, uh, the Casa Outdoor Smart Plug. 
it's a plug for outside and it's smart. How can we use that as symbolic uh, for the end of this episode? <laughs> well, maybe we'll taste you know, you've, uh, you've got some nice gadgetry there. You've got your out- Maybe it's to plug in your outdoor gym. Um, it's to plug in some outdoor lights, and I thought I would have it on a timer because they're programmable. Yes. Um, and I think it failed because my, my, my friends, our, our friends who are watching the house were like, yeah, um, I, the, the fountain's not coming on anymore. I was like, oh, crap. <laughs> I just replaced that thing to make your life easier, and now, <laughs> and now it's failed. But you're going to get an email. So if you're not getting an email from the actual smart thing, you're getting an email from the people who can't yeah. use the smart... Either yeah. way, you're going to get emailed for you this get, Either way, you're going to get emails about it either way. I do love all the smart sort of stuff, and you love a gadget and all sorts of stuff in yeah. here, Seamus. This yeah. has been such an interesting uh, walk through the last 20 years. 2002, there we go. 2002 to 2022. My God, 20 years. Seamus Dever, not Seamus Diva. Um, what a pleasure to meet you. And and you're over in the UK. How long are you over here for? Uh, just a few more days, heading back, uh, heading over to Ireland in a couple of days and, uh, Is this and your, uh, investigate your, some things. Are you Irish? Have you I'm Irish. Irish. Okay. I'm Northern Irish, yes. Okay. Uh, we're from the north, from Donegal. Okay. And uh, so I have lots of uh, family in uh, near Belfast and in Oma. I'm very English, by the way, too. I, like This is not like okay. a covered, but and not many people know this, but I'm, I'm actually descended from the kings of England. What? Yeah. The, yeah. Why have you said that as we get towards Edward, like minutes from the end of this podcast? Go now. Tell me now. What? Edward the first is my twenty-sixth great-grandfather. So, um, so he oppressed my people. He oppressed the I, world. I, I know. There's a lot of conflict because he oppressed a lot of my people too. Yeah. So it's like it's like wait a minute. So both ways, your families. But how appropriate that you're related to Edward the first, and I, then he worked on a show called Castle. He would be so proud because <laughs> he built so many to oppress my people. <laughs> This is amazing. Sorry about that. Yeah. <laughs> and finally, an apology. I'm finally. so sorry on behalf of the entire Plantagenet family. I <laughs> apologize, amazing. Tom. That's amazing. And I'm fascinated by the idea of finding family traits and going, oh my God, you do that too. And do it's, they look the same? I'll show if we have time. Show me the. Well, I'll, yeah. I'll show you. Your phone I'll again, show then. you the family tree. It gets it gets interesting, and and uh, and we'll just riff for a second while I while Come I on. look all this stuff up. So finally, the phone is back in Seamus's hands now. I've had his phone back in uh, my hands. God, it's warm. It's, yeah, sorry, it's my hot hands. Why and is it, it so sticky? It's because there's been loads of notifications from your <laughs> smart plugs, <laughs> like telling me that someone is in your living room. It says yep. something about a massive fire, but I'm sure that's oh, fine. No, that's probably fine. <laughs> that happens nearly all the time. Um, so so look up this document. Go to the beginning of the document and. Uh, okay. and it's, it's interesting. So, so this is my mother's into genealogy. The Harris family tree. This Harris. Garnered from familyhistoryancestry.com. Okay. Yeah. So it's going back to... You Willi- can skim for the first couple of pages. Skim, yeah, skim. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Harris, yeah, yeah. Harris, Harris. <gasps> oh my Lord, 1246. Yeah. <laughs> Goes back pretty far. Whoa. Goes back to Charlemagne. Whoa. Yeah. I guess here I, the family line. This is back in eight six six eight six six. You can do that with royalty. They they took records where no one else did. It's crazy. And the, on the last page, it just says Adam married Eve. Wow, wow, that's amazing! What a tree! How have you done that? You must be really proud of this. This is awesome. Yeah. Well, listen. What started off as an interview <laughs> with a random American actor has ended up with a royalty revelation. Yeah. Uh, Seamus, you're a superstar. So nice to meet you. Thank you for coming on my boy. Pleasure to meet you, Tom. Thank you so much. It's my mate. That's it from My Mate Bought a Toaster for this week. Thank you very much indeed for listening. Don't we love Seamus Diva? Seamus Diva, Tom, just go again. Um, what a lovely man. I really enjoyed being in his company uh, for pretty much that entire thing. I haven't edited hardly any of that out, apart from when we said, um, a lot. 
And there's already still a lot of ums left in there. So anyway, that's today's episode. Uh, If you would like to support the podcast and listen to episodes without adverts and exclusively early, give us a nudge at patreon.com slash toasterpod. And that's it, really. We will see you next week when my guest will be... I don't know, I haven't decided yet. I haven't decided yet. I think I'm going to put the Josh Pugh episode out. He's a fantastic comic uh, who's just had an amazing Edinburgh. So Josh Pugh, there we are. I've decided as I speak, uh, Josh Pugh will be next week's episode and it will be up on Patreon very soon. Indeed, all the best kind regards. Thanks for coming. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade.